Hi, my name's Andrea. I'm a reality TV addict, and this is Reality We Trust. This episode is an episode I fully didn't initially intend on producing for that matter, but An American Family was so influential in the starting point of my dive into reality TV and my kind of epiphanies on realizing that how much weight this topic had. Starting off my thesis in September, I had no idea that I was going to go through with reality entertainment like you, like others. I thought it's very two-dimensional. It's not, it's trashy. I don't want this to be a project that I lose interest in. And let me tell you, specifically diving into an American family and trying to resurge it into our conversations about media and reality entertainment, it's been proven to be very challenging. Not many people who were around during the production of that show are still around, uh, which is so tragic. But also some industry professionals I speak to are like, yeah, of course I know uh, an American family. And some are completely blind to that. And I, I think it's as important of knowing our like ABCs of entertainment, understanding this holistic family projected image during a time of such tension and upheaval in America and why this wanted to be produced. We needed something to give relief and joy to the American people. You know, like we needed something to get them and sit in front of the TV for an hour each week. They didn't have Netflix and binging that we do now. (laughs) Sitting down at TV with your parents is like a foreign concept, but that's what an American family did. And it did that during a time where a time soon after televisions were even just introduced to the American family, like then the television was advertisers way of getting into the dialogue and getting into the minds of consumers they were now in the home now we have the concept of reality entertainment where we can see other people within our household we can see other households within our household and whether you're viewing that under scrutiny or viewing that in an aspirational sense that's what reality tv does stirs up invigorates aspires detracts it introduces a world beyond your home within your home. And still to this day, we're we're taken away by themes of voyeurism and escapism, especially I did, finding reality entertainment during coronavirus. If coronavirus didn't hit, I don't think I'd be coming to this conclusion or this project on reality TV in my senior year of completing pandemic Zoom University. There is such a novelty and nuance in An American Family. Anytime I revisit it, anytime I watch any clip or read any article written about it, and whether it's in good light or bad light at the time, it dealt with real subject matters that still to this day strike a chord and produce interest for us. I mean, a husband and wife get divorced and the son comes out as gay. I mean, even in 2021, that's that's a juicy storyline. And for... 1973 for that to air on national television is old. So no kidding, we're still talking about it. No kidding, we're going to have a whole episode dedicated to an American family, specifically with a very important guest, Carrick Reader. He is a student at UPenn Architecture. He's smart, we get it. But we met at 
a rooftop party, COVID safe, you know, mass, the whole ordeal. But we start talking about an American family. And let me tell you, for a 20-something-year-old like myself to have knowledge of an American family, those are some those are some checkpoints in Andrea's good book. I mean, we kicked it off, as the old folks say. And we can talk about topics like this and an American family for days. So please enjoy this little chat I had with him on the topic and his thoughts and just a conversation about the weight an American family still holds today. Here are the facts you need to know going into this episode. One, an American family was filmed 1971 to 1972 and aired on PBS in 1973. If you didn't know that already, that was a trick quiz. You should know that from our first episode. Second, it took 10 months, seven days a week, filming to boil that down into 12 episodes, one hour long. So that's a lot of filming for not a little outcome, but a snippet, just a fraction of what they captured the whole time they were with the family. And the filmer and audio crew was husband and wife, Alan and Susan Raymond. Susan and I are getting close. We're getting closer. We're talking. We're emailing. We're pen pals. Um, third, Bill and Pat Loud, husband and wife of the family. Pat is iconic. She's considered maybe one of the first real housewives of reality TV. She sits down with Carol Radzi Will in this uh, New York Times article in New York, just talking about her influence on the genre as a motherly figure, but also a, a figure that held so much power during the series and was able to relate and carry on her son's legacy, Lance, who died tragically in 2001 due to hepatitis C and HIV complications. Pat was able to carry on his legacy, publishing a book, publishing a series of retrospective on his life and also the family's life. And one of his dying wishes was for his mother and father to get back together, which after Bill's following marriage after Pat. He returned back to LA and they stayed together until they pretty much died. Bill died in 2018 and Pat died just of January of this year. So now knowing that, uh, I hope you have a better understanding, a little foundation of an American family. And without further ado, please enjoy our little chat with Carrick. Uh, okay, so I would say <clears throat> one of the first things is that um, defined as reality because even though the people aren't playing a scripted part they're in a sense not even playing themselves they're in front of the camera and being whoever they want to be in front of the camera whether that's how they actually act behind the camera or not and I think with even though an American family when it first aired was trying to have this you know be a 12-part series of just the life of a typical American family even though that it was a white upper class uh southern California family um but when you watch an American family you know that the family oh we actually do kind of have a lot of dirt that we don't want people to see we didn't realize that this dirt was gonna be brought up on the show and that can really be seen really evident when 
she asks him for the divorce because she goes, uh, you know, there's a problem. And then he goes, well, what's your problem? And it's, it's her pretty much, you know, trying to ask for a divorce on screen without actually saying the words, I want a divorce. And it's just kind of ridiculous how she's trying to still portray this image on screen, even though she's definitely still hiding the fact of her own person of actually wanting to ask a divorce because she's in front of the camera and the way she goes about asking it is just so cryptic and it really just kind of shows she isn't being herself in front of the camera she's she's doing what she wants in front of the camera but in a roundabout way um but then you also have um lance it's the same way for Lance too. Like they bounce around yeah. this idea of him being gay without, I don't even think in the series they say gay or homosexual. Like, I don't think they say either. They just like tiptoe around and they're like, we knew. Know what? Like. Oh, he's in the whole underground scene in New York and they just keep going back to his whole life in New York and like, what he's doing in New York and you know the mom goes and visits him in New York in one episode and you kind of like see everything he does and what his life is and obviously he's a bohemian and gay in early 70s New York but you can't you can't have blatantly say that on TV but also coming from like upper middle class in like California to New York like sure that's a jump but it's not like imagine if an American family was in like Minnesota oh yeah and then he was like from Minnesota and then he went to New York and he was going to gay bars like your mom yeah, would be mortified would, yeah that dichotomy yeah because at least when the mom goes goes and visits him it's somewhat chill like um she's relative or at least on camera she portrays herself as being relatively um at ease with it but then again you never fully know if it's like a denial thing but it can't be because the dad writes the really nice letter to lance which um that is a really beautiful letter that the dad writes because lance is what the most torn up about the parents divorce dearest lance Thank you for your wonderful letter. I thoroughly enjoyed it. The contents were well constructed and I very much enjoyed your analogy of the return of Lance versus the fall of the father. It is also reassuring that you are concerned to an extent with the marital problems of your problem-plagued parents, as you stated. It is even more rewarding, however, to know that at times in your and my relationship that you did feel close to me and that you did consider me a father friend, and not always as a horrible money-dispensing crocodile. You say you're going to enter the competitive grind so you'll be accomplished and successful. Well, Lance, that really isn't too important to me. I think you should take some further formal training to prepare yourself to support yourself. But whether you come to visit me as a famous movie star 
or as a broken down insurance salesman, it won't make one ounce of difference what you have accomplished because I know you have tried every day to the fullest measure and that you have brought happiness and cheer to everyone that you meet and that you go through life with that charming, gay, fascinating personality and with style. And so when you come to see me during our future life, come and see me as a very good old friend who just wants to enjoy you and who you want to enjoy. And that, my boy, is a real-life father and son relationship. But back to the marital split subject. I really have no desire to return home. Loneliness is not one of my problems. And I truly want to see if I can forge a new life for myself that I have considered for some time. For the past few years, I think Patty and I more or less targeted the summer of 1972 as a time for the split, a time when the boys graduated from high school. So you might say that determination came a little early. Many people say that it is silly to continue a marriage because of the children, but I honestly believe that the whole family should remain together until the children are capable of taking care of themselves. Your mother is the most difficult to forsake. She is a truly the only person I ever really love with my entire heart and soul. She's a completely honest woman with an honesty that makes her very beautiful to me. She has been my rock of Gibraltar, both as a snug harbor of security and also as a perilous navigation hazard for 20 years. I adore the ground she walks on and I love living with her. But at the same time, I guess it's the famous American social custom Marriage requires 100% attention and devotion to duty, a living style of all or nothing at all. We must be together in all things. I can't understand how we American people can get ourselves into this togetherness practice. Actually, I think it's a ridiculous situation that the family is breaking up. I really think it's probably that Patty and I have annoyingly been working on it for about five years. Anyway, right now, maybe it's like the lemmings walking to the sea. How can we explain everything we do? Why did I have five fine children? Why did we move to Santa Barbara? Just how much control do we have over our destiny? It's just too tough to keep fighting to keep everything together and try to keep everyone happy and calm down. So that's the way it is. Take care of yourself and don't take any wooden nickels. Love, Dad. Bill's letter to Lance is truly touching. It's emotional, it's fatherly, it's paternal, but it's also, I feel like he's speaking to the world, to America. He's talking about these American values of being in this togetherness and whether that's as a family unit or as a society. That letter is he talking to Lance in 1972 or is he talking to us and whenever we're watching this? It's relatable. And in the series, it's even more beautiful because you see Lance not even listening to music, but like batting his head around because that's just how he is, thumping to his own drum um, and biking down the curvy streets of Santa Barbara. And it's just beautiful that it's like this audio overlaid of watching your son frolic and live his own life. And that's what Bill's giving him permission to. He's saying, this is how I'm living my life. This is how us as a family, we're living our life. And I give you permission to live your life how you want to live your life. And it's, it's almost as if Lance has, he is involved with his family. He is similarly the series rock. He, Truly is the heart and soul of the series, I believe.
First of okay. all, it's hard to find all of the episodes in general to like watch yeah. them. Secondly, like I don't think anyone else our age really is like aware or would be willing to watch a show about just a family in 1973. Yeah. But I don't know, like I really love and admired who was like your favorite character, dare I say? Like who was your favorite of the family? favorite character that's funny and it really can only be bill pat or lance (laughs) because you don't really see much of the others yeah because like okay grant and kevin are funny because they have their band and like they want to be the rolling stones and shit but you really don't know anything else about them besides that except that who is i think it's kevin goes to australia Mm -hmm. for the summer and it's like oh that's cool well see on later episodes i guess um and then the daughters don't like bring anything i think the daughters really hated it too yeah they were the youngest i believe yeah yeah Yeah. and from what i've heard what i've read they didn't really want it as much as lance did which the crazy thing about i think about lance is like his fashion infatuation with Andy Warhol mm-hmm. and like New York and fame and it's almost as if like he was more so as a child or not child he was like 18 at the time he was more so in the driver's seat than his parents were I think in like the series yeah was he 18 or was he 20 for some reason I feel like he was 20 maybe 20 we'll get our fact checkers to do that yeah yeah I think he was 20 but no you're totally right um, he definitely hopped in the driver's seat once the parents brought the car home, you know? It's like, the parents are the one who bought the car from the dealership, but then when they brought it home, Lance is the one who took off with it. Um, I want to say, though, he does portray in the show kind of an air of nonchalantness, I'm not going to say blasé because he definitely hadn't experienced something like this before, but he goes, he kind of obviously has his very flamboyant personality that isn't reserved, but also he's nonchalant about everything. And I think that just adds to the fact that kind of like how everybody does, you know, if you're put in front of a camera, you want to seem cool. You want to keep it cool. You still want to be cool. And I think that was just his way of still kind of being cool in front of the camera was like, yeah, he wants to be the center of attention, but he doesn't want to be a, like a hot mess in front of the camera, but he did want to be hot. (laughs) I'm pretty sure like the New York times called him like a flamboyant Goya-esque yeah yeah they did say goya-esque which um i i've read that article too because when i first watched the series on pbs with my dad when it um re-aired like 10 years ago or something is that when it did like the what do you call them now marathon (laughs) what Mm -hmm. do you call them now yeah marathon crazy yeah um and I remember just going into a huge Wikipedia hole, just reading everything about everybody in the whole show. 
and it's really fascinating because the reactions at the time were really polarizing. You know, you had some people that, you had some people that really hated it. And then within the hated faction, you had people that hated it because it was anti-American values. You know, it had divorce, it had homosexuality. And then you had the other people that hated it because they were just saying, this brought nothing to the table. This was, what was the point of this footage? I could have, why, why even film a family just going about its daily business? They aren't, we aren't studying them as though they're apes in the jungle. And hey, Margaret Mead. Yeah, yeah. Because she was really big at that time too. And I think that's why um, like her documentary stuff inspired an American family um, to be made. But then you also had the people who really loved it because they're just saying this is so raw and with American attitudes at the time, I feel like in the early 70s, you know, you're, they're just so winded from the political heaval, upheaval of the late 60s that this show was just kind of brain numbing and yet relatable. And I would say that translates to today with reality TV. Like it's brain numbing, but people for some reason sympathize with it. I don't want to say empathize, but they can sympathize and they like how they're able to relate to it without being emotionally drained. Totally. Or like have to like personally participate with your emotions or your image. Yeah. Or Um, yeah. And even like, like participate in thought, like trying to figure out plot or anything. It's just like, no, you're just kind of watching and going to see whatever happens, happens. Can't, mm-hmm. can't predict it. Yeah. An American Family, like the riveting thing about it was cinema verite, the type of like docu-relational filming that I was in. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's boring and mundane at parts where you're just watching Pat prepare like a perfect breakfast on like a Wednesday morning. Like, yeah. A- or everybody just sitting in silence, you know, doing... Like the dad's reading the newspaper and kids are playing cards and it's just like silent. We could not do that now. Like I was watching a video on TikTok on how you need to have exactly these amount of like cuts so that like your viewer's attention span stays with the video before you swipe. We have less than less of an attention span than a goldfish does. Yeah. Because of technology. It's a fact. (laughs) And so, like, when we're talking about an American family now, what, 50 or so years later? Mm -hmm. Like, what do you think (laughs) the Kardashians are going to be, like, 50 years from now? Like, what are we going to think of them? Where's that filler going to go? To their heads? I don't even even know what the Kardashians are going to in like a retrospect on the Kardashians for pop you know how CNN does all of those shows of like Mm -hmm. I don't god they built an empire they're hustlers they're businesswomen yeah it really just goes back to that early 2000s model of famous for being famous yeah but at the same time famous is great and they're all women but at the same time, reality TV gets this rap for being specifically like women 
attracted, attracting. Mm-hmm. Versus like an American family was the holistic nuclear-esque family sitting down at your TV all together and now with streaming and social media, yeah. it's like harder to be so immersed with other people in that. And it's also super interesting that an American family aired on PBS. Like PBS is education. The inventor <laughs> of reality television and the Which- way that that yeah it has just like evolved to today where reality television is bravo and e and mtv it's like oh yeah pbs does not fit into that category it's like any documentary to a level is like relational drama like reality tv on a level that it's real people real events that occurred and the stringing of those together like reality tv is no different And so, like, early articles talking about an American family, it was called a docu-relational drama. That's a mouthful. No one's going to say that now. Like, reality TV, boom, done. But I think that's important, like, the docu, the, like, educational aspect. But it's fun. So, like, you won't be bored. Or it's, like, it's fun, but it's not, like, fun that your mind's going to be numbed because you're also learning Mm -hmm. something. Yeah, because there are... No, you go. go. No, I just don't think people have, like, the critical mindset of thinking that. Yeah. That's too much work. Yeah. So it's, like, one or the other. And that is what frustrates me. (laughs) Right. Because when you watch even just clips of an American family, it's definitely has a documentary feel to it. But it's, like... mm, like you said, because it's cinema verite, it also just has this really raw feel to it where it doesn't have all the cuts and the voiceovers that a documentary usually does. It's just straight up footage and then some instances of addressing the camera and not addressing the camera. And it's like how that translated to reality TV today where the instances of addressing the camera is when it's like somebody on the show narrating the scene that's about to happen. Yeah. Yeah. But then you also think like the convergence of social media now, like that can be more in line with what an American family's filming was doing, you know, like us TikToking or YouTubing, like, vloggers documenting your life that's like very similar but in like a shorter ordeal on a different network that's not on such a large screen but like it's i don't it has its similarities to an american family in cinema yeah that's that's definitely true but then also there are the people nowadays though where everything is just so um fake and performative like they're doing all of this because they want to please other people. I think with an American family, they weren't doing it because they wanted to please other people. The reason why they started kind of turning fake on the show is they didn't want to displease themselves when they saw it on camera. And I think they got closer afterwards, after filming it. Lance tragically died at an early age. Okay, he was like 50. It's an early age. Shut up, Carrick. 
we're halfway there um <laughs> fuck but it was like this beautiful thing of like documenting for a nostalgic memory sake but also sharing for others and like i want to think like what part of them was filming it for themselves and what part of it was filming it for the reaction the Mm -hmm. i still just want to know why why pat agreed to it i just find that so you know that she was like coerced into divorcing bill no why would you like why would you agree to a tv show to film your family when you already knew you were probably going to divorce your husband and if you aren't going to act as you normally would on the tv why be on the tv at all oh okay jen shaw did you hear so there was like something on page six that said tamra judge one of the real housewives former oc is like you are an idiot if you've been running a scam since 2012 and you're like let me go get on to a reality tv show Mm -hmm. fuck yeah but people want it people want the fame they want followers they want the attention Do you really think Pat wanted fame and attention, though? <clears throat> I don't think attention, but she definitely like. I hate did she want her family she wore the like pants that? and like yeah, she did wear the pants. to be documented at that time. And I think the laws in California were just easing up that like you could divorce anyone for like any reason, like you didn't need an actual reason mm-hmm. to divorce your husband. And I think did we like, have affairs though? Or is that all? I don't I don't know. But then okay. they were together until like they died. Yeah, which is really pretty. <laughs> That's cute. It's pretty beautiful, yeah. Quiche. Sarkeish. <laughs> <laughs> well, that sounds good. We did it like Thank you, Carrick. Well, that was our little chat. I don't know if I was more flattered or if Carrick was more flattered to talk about the subject, but anytime I'm speaking to him, I feel like I am learning something from him, and I often forget I am not alone in debunking our obsession with reality TV and reality TV's meaning. It's more than just my opinion. It's your opinion, and I'm here to hear them. I'm here to discuss them. I'm here to challenge them with my research, and so if you'd like to be a part of that further, engage with this podcast wherever you're listening to it. Leave a review. Follow it. Uh, You can find Reality We Trust on Instagram, where we post some cute little memes and daily content and journalistic reviews and parallels. I can go on. Stick around. This is going to be a long haul, and I hope to see you guys soon, listen to you guys soon. You know the deal. Goodbye. (laughs) Goodbye.